Hey, 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 what's up there, winners? You are back here at We Win Presents the Winner's Circle Podcast. I am your host, Tab Manning, founder and CEO of Women Empowered Win, LLC. Winners, I am so glad to have you back with us here um, for the podcast. This month has been just a phenomenal month. I've had some amazing guests with me, some powerful women who have all given testimonies about obstacles that they've overcome, challenges that they've dealt with. And tonight I have such a special treat with you to wrap up this month. So just to kind of recap, um, we, we started off the month with um, a guest that dealt, that talked about her, um, her challenges with substance abuse and how she overcame that. Um, and then we also acknowledge that while October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, it's also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so we had a domestic violence survivor who came and shared her testimony of how she overcame, um, you know, her abuser and, you know, how she was able to persevere and build her own business and actually give back. And so we're saving what I would say the best story for last. And while the other women were definitely sensational and, you know, nothing short of amazing, with this being Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I have emphasized how passionate I am about Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I've talked about it on my social media platforms and all of that good stuff. Um, this story, I, I've, I've been waiting to do and I've been wanting to do and I've been excited about it because we have an amazing woman who is a victor who is her survivor, who is just, uh, I, I can go on and on and on about her, but um, she, she, she grabbed breast cancer by the head and she snapped that neck. Like she killed it. She, she did what she needed to do. And not only did she do that, but she went back and, and started helping other women. And so we're going to talk about her amazing story today as we're wrapping up the month of October with our guest, April Smith of the Survivor's Nest Incorporated. Now, before I bring her on, let me just give you a little background information on who April Smith is. So April was 34 years old when she was diagnosed with stage 2B breast cancer. The diagnosis caught her by surprise, mainly because it was April's understanding that she was too young to obtain breast cancer, nor did she have an immediate family history. After 17 rounds of chemotherapy, 30 days of daily radiation, a year of hormone treatment and a double mastectomy. She's been cancer free for seven years. Filled with compassion and often referred to as the voice of, of inspiration, April founded the Survivor's Nest Incorporated, a 501c3 organization that comprehensively supports breast cancer patients and survivors holistically by focusing on whole body wellness. April embodies the motto that we are stronger together and brings the power of the human connection into the services her foundation provides to encourage unity, security, and love for one another. So winners, I want you to get in close. I want you to get your ears open and I want you to um, give a warm welcome to our guest, Miss April Smith. Hey, April. Hey, I'm sitting here with a big smile on my face. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, ma'am. I am happy to have you here. It's been a little bit of a long time coming. We was having some, some issues, but we made it and we are here. We are right? here. Yes, we are. <laughs> 
Yep. And it's so crazy because I remember just, you know, um, a little less than a year ago. Man, it's, it doesn't even seem like it's been that long. But us doing the AABRG vendor fair for African-American business owners and you and I connected. You walked over to me um, after the fair and we just had this great conversation and it was like, OK, we're going to have to figure out how we're going to do some work and collaborate together. And we wasn't really sure how that was going to happen. But here we are. Uh, you know, like I said, just a few months shy of a year later on the podcast, giving your story. I agree with you. It does not seem that long. And um, I can attest to you. It was like an instant connection. Um, I completely abandoned my husband and you and I were talking for so long. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because he came over like, hey. Right. It was a great <laughs> conversation. It was such a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, it was just kind of like kindred spirits. Like sometimes, you know, people just come together and it's just a certain energy. There's just a certain connection that's there. And it's just, you know, inevitable. So when I have those things, it's like, okay, I have to hold on to this because I don't know what the intention is, but there's definitely some sort of reason that I'll pass. I agree with you on that. And here we are today. Yep, here we (laughs) are. So, uh, so again, and I'm going to probably thank you a million times because I'm just so thankful. You know, I follow, of course, I follow your organization on social media. I follow you. I see all of the great things that you're doing within the community. And I'm, I'm just thankful that you took time out because I am sure that you're always busy. But I know that October is an especially busy month for you um, and your organization because it is breast cancer awareness. Yes. And you know what? Every year I said, I'm, I'm not going to do anything for breast cancer awareness month. I'm just going to relax, lay low, support our sister organization. But it never fails. My calendar still seems to fill up. But you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. Any opportunity there is for us to spread awareness, for us to give back and to provide resources, um, I'm here for it. You know, I am a survivor. Uh, I'm saved. Um, I know that my creator um, allowed me to still be here to share my story, to share my gift, to share my life. So I don't want to take that lightly. I don't want to take that for granted. Absolutely. And I'm just a true believer that things that we experience, you know, in, in our lifetime and, and while we're on this earth, that it's it's not really ever about that's us. right. It's we're going through it for someone else. We're going through it so that we can show, you know, the goodness and, and the grace and the mercy of God and how he can be a healer and a deliverer and all of those things. Like we're literally just a walking mouthpiece. For the, for the goodness of God. And so when they see that you've survived and they see that you've overcame and, you know, they see his light on the inside of you, then they're like, man, I can't give up. I got to keep fighting. I got to keep going because I see this amazing woman, this amazing sister, and she's sharing her story and she's giving back. And so she's giving me hope that I can do the same thing. And I believe that that is truly why we go through the things that we go through. In this That's life. right. And then we also, also have to remember Remember our why, you know, um, when I started the Survivor's Nest, the ultimate goal was to provide support to other women impacted by cancer. So in those days when I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't feel like it. I don't want to do it, but I have to remember my why. And that's what keep me pushing full speed ahead. Absolutely. And that's a nugget that you literally just dropped on our winners and on our listeners is that you know because every day is not going to be a good that's day. right every day <laughs> every day we're not going to just have this oh we're not going to be motivated to get out even though we do love it and it's our passion and all of that stuff but 
at the end of it, there's going to be some days where we have to reflect and remember why we are doing what we do. What is the motivation behind what started us? Because that is the thing that keeps us going in those days that's tougher than Right. Days. That's right. Yep. So, all right, let's kind of, let's go ahead and jump right into this interview. I know that I gave your bio, but I wanted to kind of give you this opportunity to just kind of share your testimony, share your, you know, your experience, what you went through, um, all of that good stuff. And then, like I said, as we go on, I may ask you questions in between, but it's, it's your floor for you to just, um, you know, share how you. All right. All right. So. The statistics are out there, you know, I'm quite sure many people have heard that one in eight women will be impacted by breast cancer, but never would have I imagined that I would be in that number, you know, with no immediate family history. I was a young, healthy woman. Uh, so cancer wasn't something that I concerned myself with. Um, as you mentioned, cancer came knocking at my door at the tender age of 34. And it was a time in my life when I was embarking on a new career journey. I was a full-time student. Um, my husband and I were actually getting excited about Anthony Nest. <laughs> you know, I am a teenage, I was a teenage wow. mom. I had my daughters at 15 and 17. So yes, wow. yes ma'am. <laughs> so I was just overcoming the barriers of being a teenage mom when cancer knocked at my door. You know, I was ready to start living life on my own terms. My oldest daughter had just left the home and our youngest daughter was a senior in high school getting ready for college when cancer came. Um, it, I'm grateful to my husband. It was my husband who discovered the lump in my breast. So one day we we're riding home from work and he bought my breast and he was like, oh babe, I felt something and I was like, Mm, I felt it. I was like, oh, it's nothing. Later on that afternoon, um, curiosity creeped in. So I immediately, like everybody else, we go to Dr. Google, right? <laughs> so to my surprise, into my sanity, Dr. Google told me it was nothing. It was probably just a, a benign cyst um, or a tumor. I mean, a benign tumor or just a cyst, not to worry, wait about two weeks. And if the lumps are still present, then go see my doctor. So two weeks went by, I was at my doctor's office. And just like Dr. Google, she, she didn't think it was anything. Oh, April, you're young and healthy. Don't be concerned, but let's have a mammogram anyway. So on the day of the mammogram, um, they didn't like what they saw from the mammogram testing. So they advised me to have a ultrasound. From the ultrasounds, the lump were very suspicious. So they asked for me to go have some lunch, come back and have a biopsy done. So during the biopsy, they discovered five lumps in one breast and one lump in the other. But me, I'm such an optimistic person. I still didn't think it was anything. I'm like, oh, well maybe just, I have, you know, a whole bunch of cysts in my breast. So I wasn't, I wasn't right. really concerned. Um, so about a week later, I was at work and I received a phone call from my physician's office and they were like, hey, April, we need you to come in. We have your testing results. And I was like, well, you could just tell me over the phone. And she was like, no, we need you to come in for the results. I was like, well, um, 
I have a very busy schedule. I could not come in. So anything you need to tell me, tell me over the phone. It was like, no, we need you to come in tomorrow for the results. So I immediately called my husband. I was like, look, the doctor called me. They want me to come in for some the test results. I need you to go with me. I don't know what they're going to say. So he took off from work and we went in and we were sitting in the office on the day of the appointment. And she comes into the room and she looked at me and she was like, well, April, it is what we thought it was, what we thought it was. And I'm like, what you mean? It is what we thought it was because I didn't think it was anything. (laughs) So she immediately started crying and she left the room. And again, she still didn't come out with the C word. All she said was, it is what we thought it was. She looked at me, left the room crying. Immediately, my husband started crying. I'm like, what are you crying for? You know, I was like, it's still not, it's still not registered. Right. So she comes back in and she gives me this uh, preliminary treatment plan about me needed to have chemotherapy and surgery and so forth. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm telling, I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm in denial, not accepting it. So I immediately left that doctor's appointment and went to Whole Foods. Whole Foods has this gigantic book full of cures and cancer was included in there. So (laughs) I looked up um, a natural way to cure cancer bought all the ingredients that I needed from Whole Foods and went home and started on this path with trying to heal myself holistically for cancer. Yes, no true treatment, no true treatment plan from a holistic doctor. It was my very own treatment plan that I found in the book and I was leaning on my faith that I was going to heal from cancer holistically. So two months went by. I'm still denying treatment. My oncologist office was calling me, begging and pleading with me to come in and I would delete every voicemail because I wasn't accepting their phone calls verbally. So I would just delete their voicemail. Nope, not doing it. Meanwhile, I'm in pain. I'm in so much pain, suffering from insomnia. Still don't want people to know that I had cancer. I was, I told my husband, don't tell nobody. We're going to get through it. Just me and you. Nobody going to know. <laughs> but he couldn't deal with it on his own. So he ended up calling my mom back in Florida, Florida to let her know. Um, but I just wasn't ready to accept it. Um, but I finally built up enough courage. You know, I realized like, hey, I have kids. Uh, you know, I was only 34. I still had my life to live. So I finally built up the courage to start treatment. And, and that started with um, 17 rounds of chemotherapy, followed by a double mastectomy, 30 days of radiation and reconstructive surgery. I also had a partial hysterectomy um, because I decided I did not want to continue on with some of the cancer care drugs. So I decided to have a partial hysterectomy so I could eliminate those drugs from my body. And um, yes, absolutely, for hormones. Okay. Yeah, so I know in my bio it mentioned that I was seven years cancer-free and I'm so sorry. 
throw up that wrong, but I'm actually six years cancer free. <laughs> It'll be seven years this coming February, but I'm actually six years. Okay, well, we're we gonna, we gonna go ahead and just go ahead. And yes, absolutely. Ahead. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my story. Wow, that is such a powerful testimony. And man, I like, so I, I don't even know where to begin. I have so many questions just within that and, and statements as well. But I can totally understand um, the denial piece of it. You had to allow yourself time to process it yes. in your own time, right? You had to give yourself that, that time. And so another thing is, you know, when we're women of faith and we believe, like we believe in healing, we believe you know, in the power of prayer. We believe in all of those things. and But at the same time, you know, we have to also, I guess, you know, take into consideration that, you know, God created chemotherapy for us. God created radiation. You know, that is a part of our healing. And so, you know, it can get very tricky because I know that, you know, especially in certain cultures and in, in other religions, like they will, you know, um, refuse, you know, whether it's, blood transfusions or chemotherapy or different things like that because their belief mm-hmm. does not allow them to to you know partake in that sort of medicine and they just solely rely on their faith and i'm not saying that faith you know that faith alone cannot heal us i'm absolutely not saying that however i am saying that i'm glad that you were able to say you know what okay i'm god i'm gonna do this i trust you and i know that you're gonna heal me but i'm also going to be obedient to what you know these experts are saying um, cause had you not, you know, the outcome that is been so true. And meanwhile, while I'm denying treatment, I was in prayer, you know? So I, that's where my courage came from to go ahead and move forward and, and with the cancer care. And I had so much strength when I was going through. And although I didn't heal from the, the, the plan that I came up with, <laughs> from the cancer care book um that's when i decided to still focus on my health and wellness you know i took in herbs and supplements every day i went on prayer walks every day speaking healing over my body so my mindset shifted you know after um when i was going through that that time period of denial i was like i said i was praying and and going on these prayer walks and i built up strength and courage along the way i was gonna say I was going to say, because I think it all, you know, all of it together contributes to Mm -hmm. your healing, right? Because you have to, one, you have to believe it in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. You have to want it. You have to be willing to to fight for it. And fighting is fighting on your knees. Fighting is changing your lifestyle. Fighting is saying, you know what? Okay, I have to start eating better i have to start exercising i have to start making these lifestyle changes because it's going to take all of this to you know for me to heal and i think that like you said the the biggest thing about that is mindset like some i you know there's some people that we have lost or have gained their wings and i believe that in in some instances it's because they may not have felt right. they could be it or you know I think that that has so much to do with it is that you know you you have to want to have that I'm, I'm gonna go on I'm going to live I'm not gonna allow this to beat me I'm going to keep fighting right and I think that that you know when you have the soul of a fighter like you're just you're unstoppable like like you said even those days because I'm sure with the radiation and all of I'm sure that it wore you out and I'm sure there was days when you were just literally exhausted but 
your prayer, your faith, and all of those things is what kept you yeah. going. Yeah, actually, I didn't get wear. I mean, the radiation didn't wear me out, and I would like to contribute that to the herbs and supplements that I was taking in while I was going through treatment. You know, I didn't miss a day of work mm. from treatment. I would have my chemotherapy on a Thursday. And um, actually I would take, cause came out there was for four hours. So that's the most I missed from work. I would go and have my treatment, come back home and finish off my work day. So I'll, I'll work half days, but yes. Wow. <laughs> yes, I did not miss a day of work because I was sick due to chemotherapy. I stood on a model, mind over matter. You know, even when those days when I didn't want to go on those little machines and have scans because I'm claustrophobic. I would <laughs> mind over matter. And still to this day, um, because I have implants, so I can't. Can't have the traditional mammogram or ultrasound. I have to get a scan every six months, and it's okay. brutal. So I have to build up this mental strength, mind over matter. I'm in this machine for about an hour, land on my stomach. It's mm-hmm. painful because the um, the imprint of the machine is like poking into my skin. But you know, I just speak words of affirmation and confirmation on my over myself while I'm in that machine. You got this, April. You can do this. You know, I would tell myself I'm healed. The mm-hmm. test result test results are coming back healed. But um, people don't realize that too. People when people hear that you're cancer free, they think the journey is over. But no, it's still so much that we have to encounter being a breast cancer survivor. You know, oftentimes you, you know, you get an ache in your body and you may feel like, oh my God, is that cancer coming back? You know, (laughs) so the journey still continues. And for someone like myself, the journey not only continues for myself, but I'm also in the fight for my sisters who are still fighting, you know, to be there for them and to support them and to make sure they have everything that they need to get through this fight. Wow. And, you know, <clears throat> an important part of that, like you mentioned, you being there for your sisters, you know, I'm sure that, you know, along with your husband, and, and I'm going to stop for a moment because your husband, the fact that he was so attentive and the fact that you can tell that there's a there's a great connection between the two of you because you said that he was the one that even first noticed the lump before you did. So that already speaks volumes within itself. Um, but being able to have that support, I'm sure that it makes the much more of a difference. So can you tell me about your support system? Like who was in your corner, who was there to kind of help you get through this? Because we're strong alone, but we're definitely strong. Oh my goodness. Yes. My husband and I stand on that model stronger together. And and that's why we moved into our nonprofit organization stronger together. My husband and I, we're both from Florida. So all of our family is still in Florida. So as he and I, our two daughters that is here in, in the Atlanta area. Um, so he was there for me 100 percent. Um, days that I did not even want to go to chemotherapy. I'm like, oh, I'm so over this. I don't want to go. I don't feel like having a four hour chemotherapy. He would work a long shift and probably got home one or two o'clock in the morning. He's up at eight o'clock in the morning, pumped. 
Come on, let's go. You ain't no quitter. Let's go. You got this. Rooting me on. <laughs> and he would come into the chemo room with me with this beautiful spirit. Um, there would be other women in there alone. He would support them. He would make sure they get to their car safely. Now you can find my husband wow. with me on the front line. You know, last night we did an event. It was a women, a women's event for another nonprofit organization, one of our sister companies, um, charities, I Will Survive, Inc. And do you know my husband was right there with me, <laughs> sitting next to me? And it was like, well, this was for women, but <laughs> we're glad to have you here. <laughs> I know he's like, you know, you can yes. fight too, you know, because the two of you, you know, husband and wife, you know, they become one. And so whatever affects you affects him, right? And so he's like, I don't care if it's a woman's event or not, I'm going to be right here. That's right. With my wife because <laughs> we got through this together. And, and now we're going together. We're going to help others. And I think yes. that's an amazing story. And it's a true testament of, you know, of you two. As Front a, as and a center and, you know. When hospital and doctor's visits, when we go see patients, he's right there with me. Um, my husband put so much energy into me to making sure that I overcame cancer. Two days after having my double mastectomy, my husband suffered from a stress-related stroke. No blood clots, healthy man, but he was so stressed, but he didn't show it. He didn't show it to me or anyone else. He always showed up to all my appointments. He even attended um, my hair appointments with me. Um, he would sit looking at me while I was, you know, having my hair shaved off, or I would always go and get a quick weave. I would, I didn't want to see myself bald, so I would always get my hair done, turned away from the mirror. So I'm turned away from the mirror, and he will always be looking towards me and he will always remind me you're beautiful babe don't worry you know he will always say these sweet things to me like I say he always showed up as a positive light so you you would never know that he was stressed out and if he had that moments of stress he didn't have it around me so when he had this stroke so the day of the stroke I'm like I said I, I have all these drains hanging out my body I'm recovering from having both breasts removed from my body my husband was downstairs cooking dinner for me and our family my mom and his sisters came up um, to support me when I had my surgery so he downstairs cooking for us and he stroked out he lost all mobility on one side of his body um, so he crawled oh upstairs gosh. to me and in so many words, he was trying to tell me he had a stroke. So we have this unique connection. Keep in mind, he couldn't talk. He stroked out, mouth twisted. So he was trying to tell me in so many words that what was going on with him. <laughs> so I just told him, you know what? Get in the bed. I don't know what's going on. Get in the bed. <laughs> so he crawled <laughs> in the bed. Our thing is. Oh my gosh. Why yes, while he's having a stroke, stroke, we didn't want our, wow. my mom to worry because my mom, she gets upset easily. So it was like, just get in the bed. You know, we're going to see them off, see them back to Florida. So that whole night, I prayed over my husband the entire night. I'm like touching him and just praying over him. And he woke up normal. Nothing was wrong with him. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm laughing from joy. Like, what? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Oh my. Nothing was wrong with him. His incredible. his mouth was back in place. Wow. 
he got he gained mobility back in his body. We were able to see our family off. He would help my mom put her bags and stuff in the car. So um, a part of the, my treatment plan, um, I had to walk every so often so I didn't get a blood clot. So we walked the neighborhood. Meanwhile, my husband stroked out again, mouth twisted. Um, we got him back in the house. He couldn't talk. Memory was gone. So at the time, we had some members from our church who was supporting us along the journey. So I immediately called them like, hey, something's wrong with Gerald. His mouth is twisted. I don't know what's going on. She's like, oh my gosh, April, Gerald is having a stroke. They called the ambulance. I couldn't even call. <laughs> they called the ambulance to our home. They came and they realized that, yes, he was stroking out. So they immediately took him in the ambulance to the emergency room. And my instructions was I couldn't drive for six weeks because of my surgery. I had drains hanging up my body. I didn't care. I drove to the hospital to be with my husband. <laughs> wow. Just to check up on him. Wow. And here's the thing. My oncologist was walking the floor of the hospital and he was like, okay, I know you just had surgery, but when I explained to him that Gerald was there from a stroke, he dropped everything and he came into the hospital room because he had, you know, grew a love for us from me, you know, going through cancer treatment and so forth. We became like family. So he immediately grew a concern for sure. Gerald too. And he made sure that Gerald had the proper care while he was in that hospital. But yeah, he lost mm. his speech. Um, he had to learn how to talk again, read, um, you know, use his body. But if you see him today, you would never thought he had a stroke. <laughs> I was gonna say when I when right. I <laughs> so, but but no. On a more serious note, because I know that strokes definitely, you know, they have both short term mm -hmm. and long term effects. So, um, were there any long term effects of it, or you know, he, is he is he is okay fine, now? I mean, he honey. Nothing fine, is wrong with him. <laughs> Thank God, he is find a healthy man and God. that's where we start saying that we're stronger together after going through that journey together we are stronger together yes, yes. let me just say that you know we I, I invited you to the show of course to you know to provide inspiration to women who may be battling breast cancer or who may be afraid to go get mammograms or what have you but you are just giving life to so many other um, I guess so many other, what's the word I'm looking for, um, messages, even apart from that, like the breast cancer thing is definitely the primary reason that you're here, but you're sharing your story of faith. You're sharing your story of, you know, of marriage, of, you know, uh, of commitment of just your faith thing. I mean, you are sharing so many, dropping so many nuggets right now on the listeners. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just in awe because this is an amazing, like I knew the <laughs> testimony was going to be strong, but it's way stronger than I even thought. Oh, thank you. And you know what? I've, a lot of my strength stemmed from over overcoming the barriers of being a teenage mom. I got pregnant with my oldest daughter at 14, but I had her at 15. And then I had my, um, my youngest daughter at 17. You know, and the statistics were stacked so high against me. Um, 
even my friends like, oh, you know, she's not going to graduate from high school. She's not going to be anything in life. Um, a lot of the women mm-hmm. in my community counted me out. But that was fuel to my fire. You know, um, I used that as leverage. Yes. You know, I didn't drop out of high school. I still went to high, the same high school every day. I actually um, started taking up honors classes. Um, I got myself into a program in high school where I had enough credits to where I was able to leave school early so I can go to work to provide for my daughters. My husband is not my daughter's biological father. Um, Their father ended up going to prison when they were little girls. Um, So my husband took them on when they were three and four and raised them as their own. But, you know, I still graduated from high school, went to college. I haven't finished college yet. I will. But I haven't finished yet. But that strength Mm -hmm. that I needed to overcome the barriers of being a teenage mom was that same strength that I needed and more to overcome cancer. Oh, yeah. Wow. And, you know, it's like, so I have an older sister and she and I, we talk about that often because she was a teenage mom as well. Um, I think she was, she got pregnant with my niece when she was like either 14 or 15. And, you know, I've told her to make sure that, you know, she shares her story and her testimony of overcoming as well, because she had two children, I think at 15. And I think she had my nephew at maybe about 18. And so, you know, she had to overcome lots of obstacles and challenges as well, you know, to, to finish school, being a young mom and, you know, finish in college and, 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 and getting through the stereotypes and not becoming the statistic that people automatically just write you off because mm-hmm. you were a teenage mom, right? So I can I can relate to that. I mean, I had my children, you know, 18 and 20, still a young mom, mm-hmm. you know, young unwed mom, right? And so like right, right a year out of high school, I had my daughter and then a year and a half after my daughter, I had my son. And so a single mom with two children, two different dads, you know, I was, I was, I was, I felt like I had to break the stigma. I had something to prove because, you know, again, when you have, when you have your children young, you know, they look down on you. First of all, I didn't, I never looked my age. Right. Yes. I get the same still to this day. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so they're like, who is this little girl with these children? You know, but I felt I felt that I had to prove everyone wrong. So I was at every PTA meeting. I was on the board. I was at every after school thing. I was, you know. I yes, sure that was that me. I <laughs> and it was important for for my children to be respectful, to be clean, to be well behaved, to be well mannered. That's be, right. Because they were a representation of me, and I didn't. And I did not want for people to, you know, automatically assume, oh, she's a young mother. She don't know how to take care of them kids. Because that's typically what people think about us when, when you're a young mom. And so, like, to your point, you know, I became an empty nester, you know, fairly hey, early. Hey, yes. I'm loving this right now, okay? <laughs> I, I am loving it. My daughter is 22. My son is 20. He's at home with me. Uh, you know, he was away at school, but now he's home. And like, I'm, right. Know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what you doing? <laughs> you know, um, but definitely, you know, I it does give you strength, strength that you didn't even know you had because, especially, I feel like when you, it's one thing when it, when it's just you, but when you have others that are dependent on you and that are looking to you to be their sole source of, like you said, your daughter's father's wasn't in their life because he was gone. 
those children, and, and regardless, even if he was there or not, at the end of the day, the children typically That's right. look yeah. to mommy for everything. And so, and so we we learn very early on in motherhood to you know how to improvise and, and how to figure things out and how to be strong and how to put our feelings aside and our emotions aside and put our big girl panties on and handle our business for our children. And I think that if nothing else, that all the tools and resources and all the things that we learned in those years, um, it helps us. Like we, like you said, it helps us to be able to um, to to tackle other. Yes, I agree with you because I didn't understand. Like when I got pregnant at so young, I was a straight A student. I was involved in so many extracurricular activities. I was a dancer. I would open up concerts for for so for um, celebrities. So I was like, "Why? Like, why me?" I couldn't understand. Of course, outside of having sex, but I, I mean, my my friends were too. But why <laughs> right. me? And now that I look back on it, it was a part of my journey. You know, now I'm in a stage of my life. You know, having the partial hysterectomy having kids is not an option but I have my kids you know so I couldn't understand it then right, but I understand right. it now mm-hmm. it was a part of the plan and like I said you know I've learned number one I've always said that children are a blessing from the Lord and and secondly like I said you know we, we can't second guess when these things happen right they everything that happens is for a reason I do not believe in coincidence. And to your point, had you not had your children younger, you know, you may have not been able to have had children at all. And that would have been something that may have, you know, bothered you later on. Like, man, you know, I never got a chance to have children or what have you. So, I mean, everyone's story is different. Everyone's path is going to be different. And I think that it's important for us to, you know, be one supportive of it and understanding of it as well instead of just looking and, and judging each other oh you know yes we like to judge each other so, so much and you know so it's important for us to, to to support one another and to encourage one another as opposed to just being so i agree with so you on that i tell myself that. that every day even i see something that's really really weird and maybe we're weird to 95 percent of us and i'm like okay april still don't judge don't judge <laughs> right yeah and I'm, and I'm telling you because you know sometimes it's it's a it's an unconscious bias that we're not even aware of right like I know you know we both work for the same organization but even since I've joined that this task force for social justice you know of course I'm fighting for my people I'm fighting for black people for African Americans and, and I'm being in a women's empowerment organization I'm always fighting for women but you know sometimes you know being a heterosexual woman um of color you know all of those things i i have my things that i fight for my things i'm passionate about but sometimes there's other plights out there or other lifestyles out there that i don't always think about or consider because they're not the norm to me and so sometimes i have to make sure that i'm being empathetic to those as well instead of judging or looking down and not even looking down but just not taking them into consideration all the time because i think sometimes we can be like that and we have to remember that we were called to love that's all of right them, regardless of what their lifestyle is or, or what they look like and all of that stuff so no that was <laughs> topic, but, you know. it's okay if it's if, <laughs> if it's said it was supposed to be said you know what i mean so we're all good Absolutely. Yep. 
Yep. So let's try to stay on track here because I can get sidetracked very easily. Because um, <laughs> I love to talk and I, I <laughs> love to talk just as much as I do. So, um, so let's see here. So um, we talked about your treatment. You did kind of walk us through. Um, you did also walk us through how you felt when you first received the news. You were pretty much in denial. It took you some time to process that. Um, we talked about your support network. You know, your husband is definitely your greatest supporter. Um, helped you to overcome and beat this. Um, let's see. Let's talk about some programs or services that um, were offered to you um, to help with the treatment process. Because we know that cancer, you know, cancer in any form um, can be a, it's, it's very expensive. And, you know, depending on what your job situation is like or what your, you know, medical insurance. Some people don't even have insurance. You know, when this happened to you, um, were there any programs or services that were out there that you are aware of that could help people who um, maybe receive? Absolutely. There were programs and services out there. There were programs and services that were presented to me, but I did not. There were a few. There was a, um, a prescription program services that I took advantage of. Um, so I didn't have to pay copay. That was the only thing that I took, ava- took advantage of. Outside of that, I did not want to evolve myself for different support groups. For me, I didn't want to be in a circle where people were coming from a place of woe is me. Not saying all support groups are like this, but I didn't want to be in a place where People were like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm going to die or um, I'm having this. This is happening to me. I wanted to only be in a positive space. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, that I didn't want to be in a place right? where fear was going to arise or um, just uncertainties. I didn't want to be in that space. So I pretty much stayed around my friends and loved ones who was speaking life into me. Because I always told my told my friends and family, if you're going to cry, you can't do it around me. That's a no-no. Don't ever ask me questions mm-hmm. about, yeah. you know, if yeah. I'm going to die or, you know, am I, am I going to get sick from certain medications? Because as soon as you start to have those conversations with me, that's probably going to get into my mindset. I'm not going to think that. And then... It's going to make my battle harder. No. <laughs> right. But, which is what we talked about earlier, right? It's like, you know, it's, you're only going to be as strong as what you feel like you are in your mind. And That's right. That means protecting your gates, guarding your gates and being and being very careful as to who you allow in your space when you're going through that. Because even if even sometimes mm-hmm. you don't even say anything, you can just almost feel it. You know what I'm saying? You can feel it on people. And so it's like. You can't come around me like that because I need nothing but upbeat, positive. Like you said, your husband was always positive, always was just filled with optimism. You have That's to right. have that because energy is contagious. And so I can't allow anything negative to start entering my mind because I'm already fighting this battle in my mind and in my heart and in my spirit. So if you're not coming and bringing me That's more right. positive That was my. That was how I looked away. at things. And I'm like that still to this day. Um, now I am I'm at a place to where now I am in some cancer support groups on Facebook, but I dip in and I dip out. I would dip in and give some words of encouragement often, but you know, 
I'm, I'm still not at a place to where I just want to hear stories or read stories um, because I'm, I'm still a survivor. So I'm not there. You know, I'm a very positive person. I like to give light. I like to spread positivity. Um, if you notice on my Facebook feed, I'm not mm-hmm. so much giving cancer facts. That's right. Just yes. <laughs> Right. Holistic in general, because and that and it but it makes sense. Like, you know, and, and this is just kind of sidebar for a moment. But when I think of the life yes. of Chadwick Boseman, I think he's like almost a perfect example of someone who fought his battle in private. You know, whomever his circle was, I say that they have to be applauded because they never let it get out of what he was dealing with. I know that like the last time that he had did an appearance, I think it was like during the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my husband and I was like, he doesn't look well. But you know, sometimes you're not you're not sure whether or not they're doing right. that for a particular role or something, you know. But he, I mean, he 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 did his, you know, he did his charitable work. He went and visited, you know, children that had cancer, all of those different things, but never once did he look for sympathy, even when they trolled him on social media and talked about his looks and tried to say he was on drugs and all types of you never know yeah. what battle someone is fighting in secret, right? You you never know. But this man endured to the very, very end, um, you know, when he gained his wings. And I just say that to your point, I'm sure that he was very, and that's probably why he was so particular and so private about his affairs, because you don't want that negative, what was me energy. It's like, no, I need people who's going to be That's right. Yep. I agree. You brought up a great, great, great example uh, of him because I agree with you. His team did a great job of keeping his, um, his diagnosis private. Yeah, uh, it was very admirable. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right, we've talked about everything under the sun, but we have not talked about this amazing organization of yours, the Survivor's Nest. So tell us your mission, your vision, your purpose, what you guys, what you all are doing. Yes, so my baby, (laughs) the Survivor's Nest. Um, The Survivor's Nest is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that provides direct support to women impacted by cancer. So we focus on health and wellness. And that stemmed from my very own journey, you know, with me attempting to heal holistically, me making the lifestyle changes while going through treatment and after treatment. Um, It is our goal to provide resources so women can live healthy. So we provide grants so women can obtain nutritious foods, herbs and supplements to join a gym or, or either maintain a gym membership. We also provide grants for post-treatment care, such as massages or acupuncture. Uh, We also provide wellness baskets throughout the year. Uh, Pre-COVID, we would attend doctors and hospital visits and we provide women with these wellness baskets. since we're in COVID, of course, we don't attend hospitals and doctor's visits. So now we just, you know, pop up at their home and provide them with wellness baskets. And during our Mother's Day, um, one of our Mother's Day programming, we provide them with women and mothers impacted by cancer with wellness baskets. And these baskets are filled with things such as herbs and supplements, essential oils, natural bath care products, journals, t-shirts, 
so much stuff. Um, we partner with an organization called Classy Living Society. So every year they um, they raise in-kind donations for us, but we also use our funds and resources to go out and buy different herbs and supplements to go inside the baskets. But we really love what we do. Um, it is our mission and goal to make sure that women are living a healthy lifestyle during and after treatment. Most of our funding comes from um, fitness fundraisers. It is our mission and our goal to get women moving. So um, with our fundraiser, it may be we partner with Trap Pilates. Um, it's a fitness co company here in Atlanta. So we'll have a Trap Pilates fundraiser. Um, we get with different dance fitness influencers and have dance fitness fundraiser. We just like to have a good time and introduce fitness to women. I love it. I love it. Um, I need to figure out how later on down the line, how we win can partner with the Survivor's Nest for some type of collaborative effort or something. Um, because like I said, it's something that I'm just very, very passionate about. And mm -hmm. I want to be able to do more, right? So I'm not sure exactly where I fit in or where we win fits in um, as an organization, but I definitely, you know, want to look to being able to figure out how we can be, you know, partner with you or, or something like that because we yeah, would love to have your support, but we're uh, we going to figure it out. Um, <laughs> yes. We are definitely going to figure it out. Yes. They are amazing. People oh, always ask me amazing. like, how much you oh, charge? I'm like, we don't charge because it's for the women who need it. <laughs> yes. Exactly. It's for those who need it. Um, what I was going to say, um, oh man, I just had a thought and it just left me. Hopefully it will come back. But when you spoke about keeping women moving, I think that it is so important um, to do that. That's why I'm always posting, you know, because, you know, I, I had my own health issues last year. And I think you and I, we spoke about that. Um, I had uterine fibroids. Um, and they, oh gosh, they gave me so many problems throughout the years. But one of the things that I decided to do, because I did not want to go the route of doing a hysterectomy, um, but I decided to do uterine fibroid embolization instead. And so there's always a chance that the fibroids can come back when you do that. And one of the things that my doctor definitely emphasized to me was the importance of making lifestyle changes, of being healthy, being active, um, eating healthy, you know, what are you putting into your body, um, gave me a low estrogen diet to kind of follow. And at first I didn't really take it seriously, but, um, you know, once we went, once this pandemic hit and we were forced to kind of stay in the house and not be able to leave out, I think that's when I really started to make those changes. Cause I was like, you know, I'm at home. This is the perfect time for me to really get healthy, get active, get moving. I know. I see you doing your thing. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. But, you know, you know, as we just as we get older, you know, whether it's cancer or fibroids or 
we just have to do better at taking care yes. of ourselves. You know, we have our body is our temple, right? And so we we should not wait until something bad happens for us to start doing something good. We have to start training ourselves to be more proactive. And I think that's one of the reasons why I do share. And I have, you know, followers and friends alike that are like, well, you know, how did you do it? And I can't do that. I can't stop eating this. And I can't. I'm like, listen, do not wait until you receive a prognosis or a diagnosis that tells you you have to do it before you start making those changes. It was just important for me to say, you know what, Tabitha, you're on the other side of 40 now. It's time for you to start you know, getting yourself right instead of waiting until later on down the line. I have a history of cancer on my father's side of the family, different types of cancer, um, everything from pancreatic to um, colon to stomach to it's just it's all over the place. It's weird because um, when I was doing my mammogram and they asked for like family history, there had been like no breast cancer history, just other forms of cancer. But I'm still just like, okay, I want to make sure that I'm staying on top of this. And I went to get my mammogram. I'm like tagging folks and sharing, hey, I got my mammogram. It was not painful. Go get it done. Make sure, you know, because awareness, awareness is key. And that's what October is. And that's what not just October, but all the time. I agree with you on that. And I applaud you for being an advocate, you know, for breast health and just health period. You know, you posting your, um, your journey of your fitness journey, you know, whether you believe it or not, you're inspiring others to get moving. Don't stop. Keep doing it. Absolutely. And I know, um, like for me, when I first, like I, when I used to go for my, just my regular breast exams before I turned 40, you know, I was told that I have what they call fibrocystic breasts. Cause I was like, almost like a hypochondriac. Like I would be in the shower and I'm like, Oh my God, I feel a lump or something doesn't feel right. And it's like, I would rather be, you know, overly concerned than underly than under concerned. Right. So if I felt something didn't feel right, or you know, sometimes I would feel like a sharp pain in my breast or something. And I asked my doctor, I'm like, hey, you know, is that normal? Is that? And they're like, well, you know, it can be a variety of different things. Sometimes around your cycle, your breasts are tender and all of this other stuff. But I was told when I was like maybe in my 20s, well, you have lumpy breasts, you have fibrocystic breasts. So now I'm always checking, but I'm also checking, okay, this one feels, but if there's one that feels like, okay, this is not right, then I'm definitely coming back, right? I'm hey, I need you to see about this. I need you to take, you know, take a, a closer look at this to make sure that I'm not tripping. But women, we have to, we, we have to make sure that we are doing our exams, you know, our, our, our own self exams and that we're going for these women's wellness exams once a year, doing these screenings. You know, if you're over, if you're 40 or over getting your mammograms, if there's a history of breast cancer in your family, you don't yes, have to wait. Yes, I agree with you just, just, on just, that. It's important that we know our own very own breast health. And I commend you for doing the work. You know, at 34, I definitely wasn't checking for my own breast. <laughs> cancer was not a thought of mine at the age of 34. But um, it's important that women, because you know what, women are getting diagnosed at younger ages now. Yes. yes, yes. Like I'm seeing 20, 20 somethings. And I'm like, wow, like that's scary. And I mean, just to, to double back for a moment, because I know you said you were 34. So when you were 34, because I'm ignorant to, you know, the different stages and phases. And so you were. Yes, you that were is correct. I was at stage two and it was correct? considered to be because it spread. 
Yep, it spread to my lymph node. So I had to have some lymph nodes okay. removed um, because of that. Okay. Yes, and there are four stages. stages. Are there are there four yes. stages? Yep. There's four stages. Okay. Okay. All right. I know a little bit, but I, I, there's still a whole lot more that I don't know, and I, I need to educate myself on it so that I'm aware. So um, let's go into um, if you could just share with us or summarize what have you learned about April? I learned that I'm I'm stronger than. You know, and it's just not me, but all of us, we're stronger than what we think. You know, as I mentioned early on, I didn't want cancer to be a part of my life journey. You know, I was in denial, didn't want to go through it, didn't think I would be able to go through it. But once I built up the courage, that's when I realized like, hey, you're stronger than you think you are, you know, and Again, back to that that strength that I needed to overcome the barriers of being a teenage mom. I needed that and more, you know, to go through cancer care. You know, for me, what I knew about cancer was you sit in this chemo room with a blanket and then you eventually die. <laughs> so that was a part of the reason why I did not treatment. But no, wow. I realized that I had so much willpower so much compassion and that's part of the reason why I started the survivor's nest because I have the compassion to give back to others and to inspire others to live their best life wow well I thank you because you know you you made the decision to share your life to help others because you know quite honestly there's so many people and, and not again we're not judging anyone but there's so many people that could have went through this and you know got healed and got delivered and you know moved on and never looked back or never you know what I'm saying decided to reach back and help others or encourage others or share their journey or be open to um you know just sharing their life with others they could have just been like you know what I'm, I'm good and I'm moving on. But the fact of the matter is that you decided that, you know what, I'm going to share my strength and I'm going to help encourage, inspire, and uplift and help other women, um, you know, beat this fight and go through this as well. Um, it just speaks volumes. volumes and thank you voice. for your kind remarks. So I appreciate it. And so as we close, I would just like to ask, um, what message would you like to provide to the woman that's out there, the woman in the community, the listeners? Um, what's your message for them this evening? And typically here at the Winter Circle Podcast, our, our mission, vision, purpose is to uplift, encourage, and inspire. And so we always ask when our guests <laughs> drop some type of jewel, would you drop several of them already? So many of them. But just with parting words, um, you know, a message. That well, first off, I want to say because it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month and the purpose was for us to spread awareness. Um, there are no guarantees against breast cancer, but we can reduce our risk via diet and exercise. You know, and we can all increase our chances of surviving breast cancer if someone is impacted 
um, by taking action early. That means understanding our risk, getting on a regular screening schedule, and getting checked out if we notice a change in our breasts. I do want to make that make sure that's clear. But other than that, I want to say mind over matter. And that's what anything in life, whether we're facing breast cancer, um, a mental illness, um, you know, problems in our marriage, marriage, we have to keep a positive mindset, you know, a strong faith, um, just knowing that whatever we're going through is temporary and we can overcome it with faith and, and resilience we can overcome. Wow. Well, you are a true testament of overcoming. So listeners, winners, I hope that you all were as blessed as I was by our special guest this evening, April Smith of the Survivor's Mess Incorporated. And if you would please, 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 please share your contact information so that if there's anyone out there, guys, I encourage you, if you're looking for a nonprofit agency that you would like to donate to, support to, I mean, to provide support, this will be an awesome and amazing um, organization to do that. You've heard all of the great things that they do for the women within the community. And you may be looking for a don't, you know, you may be looking for an organization or you may, you know, be um, a a new patient or someone who has recently been diagnosed um, with breast cancer. And you may be looking for an organization um, that's lending this type of support. Um, You know that it's going to be nothing but positive energy, um, positive vibes. And so. Um, April, if you would just provide your contact information so that people may reach you in the event of they want to one. Uh, yes, we would love that. So um, our website is vthesurvivorsnestinc.org. And that's survivors, actually survivors, plural, and then nest like a bird's nest.org. We're also on Instagram at the survivor's nest and then also facebook the same way everything is actually the survivor's nest and then as far as phone number it is 678-871-9166 all right well again thank you so much for being with us here today on this evening um at the winner's circle podcast As always, the conversations here are different. Um, And so thank you all for listening in. You're welcome. And thank you so much for having me. It was a great conversation. Wonderful night.